Welcome to Strategic Insights, brought to you by PrideStaff. On each episode, we bring you interviews with leading management and employment experts from across the country. Your host for Strategic Insights is Brad Smith. And now, here's Brad. Hello, and thank you so much for listening into Strategic Insights from Pride Staff. I'm your host, Brad Smith, and today we have two amazing guests, Matt and Amanda Becker, strategic partners and owners of Pride Staff's Clearwater and Tampa West offices in Florida. Matt and Amanda, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks for, for having us. All right. So today's episode is all about creating meaningful work and cultivating a strong company culture. We're going to talk about how you can build a culture that really engages talent, that gets people to feel like they're adding something to a bigger cause, feel like they're driving productivity at your organization. And I want to start the episode off by talking about why creating a strong culture and creating meaningful work is so vitally important to our businesses and the economy overall. There's some stats that are a little alarming. There was a study that found that two-thirds of the U.S. workforce is disengaged. This is going to lead to less productivity, higher turnover, and less output for organizations and our economy as a whole. They valued this in disengagement at $550 billion annually. So it's costing U.S. companies $550 billion just by having some workers that are disengaged. Now, on the flip side, organizations with higher engagement are found to be 21% more profitable. They have less turnover. They have higher productivity. They have a happier workforce. And they have happier management and owners because they're not dealing with all those HR issues. I want to start off by Amanda posing a question to you. What is a strong culture in your mind? Sure. Um, I think a strong culture is everything. Um, It's gets employees excited to um, go to work. It defines their workplace. We spend so much time outside of our own homes um, and in the workplace that you really want to enjoy where you are. And for a lot of people, their workplace and the work that they do gives them meaning and purpose. Um, and that has such a, a an impact, um, not only on them while they're at work, but also um, has an impact outside of work and on their families. Amanda, great points. I think you're dead on that culture really is everything because we spend so much time at work. We spend so much time with our coworkers, sometimes even more, more time than we spend with our own families. But I want to dig into that point that you mentioned about having kind of that, that trickle-down effect to their families. What do you mean by that? How can creating a strong culture at work have an impact on the family? You know, we hear from candidates that, you know, they love what they do, that their job has given them a purpose and they see purpose in their work. And when you feel like you're really making an impact in your job and you enjoy what you do and you enjoy where you go, then when you come home, you're, you're in a good spot. You're in a good place. You're you know, have had a really good day and that impacts the people that you surround yourself with as well. You know, we also see in this particular market, there are so many jobs out there and candidates will leave and go elsewhere if they do not feel valued, if they don't feel like the work that they are doing gives them purpose. 
Yeah. And I think you're dead on there too. We're seeing that in the workplace. We're seeing high turnover. We're seeing voluntary quits and voluntary leaves. And your point is well taken that people can find jobs elsewhere. We have a massive shortage of talent and people have opportunities out there. So if you're not creating that right environment, that right culture, you're setting yourself up for high employee turnover and all of the negative ramifications that comes along with. On the flip side, you do create a great culture. You're going to see retention improve, productivity improve, and they're going to have a better life and be overall happier. And I think that not only has a trickle-down effect on their family life at home, but can have a trickle-down effect on their coworkers too, which, which has a very big impact. Matt, I'm going to ask you the same question. What do you think a strong culture really means and what impact does that have? I would jump in and, and say really what Amanda went on the, at the end, it's how are they valued? Like when they walk into the, the business, do they feel like they're doing something worthwhile? Do they feel like they're being heard? Do they feel like they're being respected? And then the other part to it is, do they like who they're working with? It, it, even if they're heard, if they don't necessarily like their coworkers, it's not an enjoyable place to, to be. I think too often in today's world, world, you hear the word culture and you start thinking food trucks and ping pong tables and gyms and, and the perks that sort of go along with the thought of culture when, it, when in reality, there's too much emphasis there. It's really about, is your manager listening to you? Are you doing things that make you feel good when you go home at night? And ultimately, it, it, it comes down to how well do you connect with the people that work around you? But having said all that, and it's really, it's back to Amanda, even a great culture can't overcome low pay in mm -hmm. this particular market because people will still get enticed to go somewhere else because inflation being what inflation is, they have to look at what their paycheck is saying. Now, Matt, a follow-up question for you. How can companies know that their pay is on par with competitors? I think that's when you use a service like ours. I, I think we're in the market every day and talking to businesses all throughout our communities. And, and when you come to us, we can generally give you a good idea of what your competitors, maybe not all of them, but we can at least give you a good idea of what the market is paying for the types of roles you're recruiting for. Yeah. So you're talking to companies all the time. So mm -hmm. companies are, are looking to hire. Everyone's looking at, in many cases, the same talent pool. So you have insider information on what different companies are hiring. I'm sure that you probably even have some, some data and analytics tools that you can pull information from to help people set that baseline for their pay, right? Absolutely. Do it every day. So if you are listening and you're unsure of whether your pay's on par, reach out to a Pride staff office, connect with them, and they can pull that data for you, give you some insight into what competitive wages are and where you need to be on that scale so that you can not only recruit new workers, but help retain your existing staff. Now, switching gears just slightly, Pride staff offers direct hire services, contract, contract to hire, a variety of different employment options. So when we're thinking about culture, within an employer. Amanda, I'm going to ask you this question. Are, are you talking just about their full-time staff or their entire workforce with contract staffing included? Is, is there a delineation between the two? I think the, the culture is applicable to anybody that steps through your door. It's that impression that you're making from the start, um, as well as the entire course of the employment. Oftentimes, especially, you know, within the offices that we work with, we really focus on those temp to hire positions and we're working with, you know, professional individuals who are looking for professional long-term employment opportunities. 
And when you start, you know, their goal is to be hired on with the company. Um, and when, you know, if there are companies that start creating an us versus them mentality, you know, these people work, you know, are, are employed and, and paid by, you know, the company directly, whereas these, these are the staffing employees. Now you've created um, kind of two camps uh, within, within the company culture. And these employees, they want to feel welcome. They want to feel a part of a group and, and a part of, a part of the, the company culture. Um, so as far as culture and team building, uh, we definitely encourage our clients to, you know, include everybody under, you know, one umbrella um, as far as considering, you know, who is a, who is a part of the company um, that includes your full-time employees, as well as your attempt to hire employees as well. And, and it really, um, when, when there's a sense of not belonging, um, it can cause the employee to start kind of second guessing whether this is where they want to see themselves long term. Then it just creates this constant cycle of turnover. And again, you know, we'll keep going back to this market and there is such a lack of qualified candidates out there. You can't afford to lose good people, um, whether they are your, um, you know, full time, uh, long term staff or attempt to hire candidates that you foresee um, joining your organization. I was going to say the last thing you want in this market is uncertainty. 100%. And I want to reemphasize a point, Amanda, that you made. You can't afford to lose good people. Creating a great culture across the board can have a dramatic impact. If you don't have a great culture or you have a great culture for your full-time staff and your temporary staff isn't happy and they leave and leave a negative review or something like that, that can have lasting ramifications. And I also think one of the best things about contractor temporary to hire is the employer's ability to test an employee on the job. Find somebody that is a top performer. And if you're not treating them properly, they're not going to want to stay with your organization. So make sure that you take the time to treat everyone on an equal playing field and create a, a really strong culture, regardless of employment type. I, I love that. Now, switching gears just slightly, I want to talk about the topic of meaningful work. It's been brought up a few times already. And I think to have a great culture, you need to make sure that the work someone doing provides meaning. They understand what they're doing and why they're doing it and that it's having an impact. When we think about that, I want to pose this question to both of you. What does it really mean to create meaningful work? At the end of the day, it really means the employee being able to see results from what they do. Um, I'm not just sitting in a seat doing busy work. Um, you know, making the day go by, but I'm contributing to the mission and the goal, moving the ball forward and, and knowing that I'm, you know, making a difference for the company. I'm contributing to the overall goal of the organization. To me, it's, it's putting the right people in the right seats. I think it starts in the interview process. It's transparency on the interviewer or the employer side of what the expectations are of the employee when they walk in on their first day, what what do you really need them to accomplish? Where do you really want them to be, say, one year out? And bluntly, it's also transparent from the employee side. This is who I am. This is where I'm going. This is what I want to do. These are the things I enjoy doing or don't enjoy doing mm -hmm. and making sure that you have that right fit because both sides are truly listening to each other and not just trying to plug a hole. 
Matt, when, when you're listening to each other, I'm assuming that that conversation happens over time too. It's not just sure. a one oh, yeah. done. Yeah, a- absolutely. I just think that the starting point starts in that interview process, but you're absolutely right. For, for sure. So you, you both work with companies of all shapes and sizes in a variety of different industries. Can each of you share an example or two of a company you work with that you feel has a really strong culture? Absolutely. We have a really great client um, and very unique client. Um, What they do is they handle catering requests for private jets, private aircraft nationally, as well as internationally. And and it's a really unique um, and interesting company uh, and role that that our our candidates and our, our employees play there. Do a, have a really unique um, process of, of training uh, their employees. It's very hands-on. Um, but the client also, you know, in addition to the training uh, that they do and, and the, the constant communication they have with the employees, they have really great perks. Um, they have an on-site catering chef uh, that not only caters locally for for local aircraft, but also provides the employees with a hot meal for lunch or dinner, whatever, you know, shift they're working that day. Um, Not only is it a a fun perk to the job, but from the employer's perspective, it's keeping the employees on site and at the company, they are able to continually um, allow them to uh, you know, make sure that they're they're there on time for their shift and their role. The uniqueness of the role really resonates with candidates and gets them excited about the prospect to work there. It's it's very unique. It's not something that that you see every day or, or have interaction with. And they can see that they are providing a valuable service to um, to these these customers. You know, some of the the fun things that we've um, done with them is they, you know, held their job fair at one of the local private airport hangars um, so that the potential employees could see firsthand the, the work that they do. And really it's, it's a, it's a fast paced job um, and the employees can see immediately um, the value of their work. And that really resonates um, with employees. Um, they, they sense the urgency, they know the immediacy of the need, and they know that that need is going to be met and they're playing an integral part um, in meeting that, that need for the customer and, and the value that they're providing, um, not only to the client, but to the end customer as well. And, and we hear time and time again um, from the people that we've placed there that, that has a direct impact on them. And they, as a result, really enjoy what they do. Wow, Amanda, so many great takeaways and a lot of things to unpack there, but this organization provides amazing training. They've got a great onboarding program. Um, They're great at communication. Obviously, they have amazing perks and having that professional chef, that's an unbelievable perk. Now, not every organization can do that, but I think one of the takeaways here is that you need to look at your own organization and uncover what truly sets you apart? What is unique about your company? What's unique about the value that you provide to customers? How do we create that internal why for your employees? How do we get them engaged? So as a takeaway or a little homework exercise for everyone listening, 
Think about all those different things that make your organization unique. Spend some time. Talk to coworkers. Talk to your staff about what makes your organization unique. Find out from them what they love about working at your organization and begin to think about those things. Begin to build your story about what makes your culture so great. And if you're still struggling, maybe that's an indication that you need to do a little bit of work on your culture to really uncover what truly is unique about your organization. But I love, Amanda, that that, that company is doing some great things and is engaging their workforce. You see the results of that because I'm sure it's a lot easier for you to recruit for that company than it is for one that doesn't have that unique value. Absolutely. Matt, how about you? Any clients that stick out in your mind as having a great, strong culture? I, I've got one that I love working with. It's a it's a law office. It's a legal firm. And, and when candidates sitting down in front of me or in front of any of us, really, we, we like to say it's not your dad's law firm. I mean, when, when you think of law firm, you typically think of quiet and serious and studious and very buttoned up. And, and this office is very relaxed. It is very welcoming. It is very um, unusual, for, for lack of better terminology. The owner of this firm really loves to work hard, but but he also loves to play hard. And so, you know, some of the things that we'll say to candidates is you could show up for work and a party will just happen to break out um, because when good things happens, he likes to celebrate it. He likes to have fun. He wants the people when they come into work to enjoy coming there. He wants them to enjoy being around each other and he wants to them to celebrate their victories. Um, and so I think what he's really built is a, is a strong culture of loyalty because it is so unusual and it's so different and it is so driven from the top down. Um, the owner wants his personality throughout the, the firm from top to bottom. It's not so much about winning as much as it's, it's about having the right group of people that will do the right thing and enjoy uh, performing um, at a very high level. So, you know, there, there's a fine line there because he really does have high accountability. He wants um, great work to be done, but at the same time, he never wants it to be taken so seriously that it becomes very boring um, or, or, or stuffy for lack of better terminology. And one of the ways that he's really accomplished this is, is when he started going down this path, he came to us and said, I can teach the people what I need them to know. What I want is people who fit my culture, who fit where I'm going in terms of how I want to work. And I think that has paid off uh, well for both of us, really, because it became much easier to hire when we're looking at the at the culture fit and he was willing to train for what he needed specifically. Um, but at the same time, we also don't see tremendous turnover out of him because people generally really enjoy working there when they get there because it is such a fun environment. It's interesting. I want to dig into one item that you said, one point that you mentioned that they hire for culture fit. So I think a lot of companies and hiring managers, when they're looking to hire, are looking at skill fit. Why is it so important, especially for this law firm, that they hire for culture fit? In my opinion, I think it because the owner has such a unique personality for what they do, you really have to understand that that in his his case, in his mind, he wants to see people who enjoy life. He he doesn't want them to be so buried in their work that they get frustrated or angry or, or, or so overcharged to, to get things done. He likes to see that balance. And, and if you have that one person that is so hard charging and so intense on getting the work done, it throws off the culture of the rest of the office. 
I think that really reinforces the point of hiring for all facets too, both both skill and soft, hard skill and soft skill. Yeah. Because bringing in a bad apple could ruin a company that has a strong culture. It, as a matter of fact, Amanda, I think you, know, you had a conversation with one point where he said essentially that I love the culture and I'm going to paraphrase it and correct me if I'm wrong, but he talked to us at one point or you and said, I love the culture that we built here. One bad apple could throw the whole thing off. It was something along those lines. Absolutely. That that definitely was reiterated time and time again. And, and that was really the main reason for hiring for culture and, and how much he valued that. And nothing brings us greater pleasure than hearing, you know, from him specifically, as well as other clients, you know, the staff I have, the culture I have has never been better. And, you know, I'm just I'm so pleased. So that that makes us very happy to hear. And and I know that doesn't not, you know, doesn't only stand true for him, but that, you know, resonates with all of the other employees that we've placed there. And when they all love to come to work and are fiercely loyal to the owner and and what they do, and they're all driving the mission forward, you know, you're you're unstoppable and and it it everybody wins. They sure do. Now let's stay on that track for a little bit. Um, so culture is extremely important. We need to hire people that are not only the right skill fit, but the right culture fit. What does pride staff do to help drive a positive culture and help find and recruit people that fit the culture of your client companies? I think really for us, every step of our process with our clients, as well as our candidates is listening. Um, you know, listening to the clients and what are their needs? What, you know, what are those, what are those hard skills? What are those soft skills that they're looking to fill? Um, and at the same time, when we meet with our candidates, really, truly, you know, digging down and listening to them on, you know, what have you enjoyed about your previous roles? What do you not enjoy? Um, you know, what are you really looking for? What's that ideal fit for you? I would love to give you ideal, but, you know, if not, give me some outlines on, on how we can get really, really close. Um, you know, we're, we're looking for a long-term fit and we want it to be the right fit for both the client and the candidate. And that, that listening piece and knowing, um, I think when, when you're listened to, um, you feel value. And again, you know, we, we go back to not only, you know, do they see that, that we here at Pride Staff value them, but, you know, they in turn then want to be valued in the job that they're potentially going to. And transparency um, is all a part of that listening process as well. We want, we want to be 100% transparent with our clients and our candidates um, as to, you know, the why behind, you know, why it's a good fit, why it's not a good fit, what the end goal is. Um, and I think that that transparency piece is huge. When we're listening and when we're being transparent, it for both the candidate and the employer, we want to hear what you value most so that we can place the right person in your organization because we want your organization to grow and we want that employee to feel valued and to feel like they've built or started to build a career process. I think what I what I like to say here is we're more of an employment firm, less of a staffing firm, because what I really want to see are people to, to get that 
that start on a, on a long-term career that they can enjoy and that they can build a family and a, and a future from. And I think that's the mark that makes Pride Staff different. At least that's where I view Pride Staff as different. We're just not throwing bodies in seats. We really want to see people get a, get a step up in life. So these are all great points. I think we can all agree that having a strong culture is important, but I want to talk a little bit about the impact of not having a strong culture for companies that don't do all these things, as well as some of the examples that you both shared. uh, What impact does not having a strong culture have on their workforce and their productivity? Matt, I'll take this one for for the start. Just just because I, you know, thinking about it, when you don't have a strong culture, what we see is you become more transactional. There is no long-term employee within your organization that isn't looking to leave or isn't being recruited to leave. There, there's nothing that's holding them back from leaving because the relationship is just that, transactional. I'm here to accept a paycheck and I'm going to walk out the front door and I'm not going to do an ounce more than what is, is, is expected of me, excuse me, um, which is where you get that quiet quitting. I'm, I'm just going to hang out until I find something better. And I think too many companies try and mask that that um, negative culture by trying to talk about, or lack of better terminology, bribe the employees with stuff, whether it's the food trucks or all the rest of that. And they don't actually go the extra mile to listen to what the employee needs or listen to what the employee wants or do their due diligence to find out how competitive are they in the market. And I think it, it, it hurts their long-term employee base, because every time you've got churned, you're training a new person. And every time you're training a new person, you're losing productivity. And every time you're losing productivity, generally speaking, you're also losing money. So, you know, it's that tailspin that you have to draw yourself out of because you've chosen with a bad culture to be transactional as opposed to relationship-based. Amanda, we touched on this briefly earlier, but how hard is it to recruit for a company that is known to not have a great culture? It's a real challenge, um, you know, and especially in the the day and age of of Google reviews and and people, you know, sharing their experiences online. Um, you know, clients cannot run from that, and uh, rightfully so. Candidates do their due diligence as they should. Um, so it's it's really hard um, as a a partner um, with a company that struggles in that arena. Um, to, you know, sell that opportunity, uh, for lack of a better word, to a candidate. Um, You know, I want to share opportunities with candidates that I would myself, uh, you know, want to want to work at uh, company cultures that that are, are fun and exciting. And when you really have nothing to share in that department, it becomes a lot harder of a sell, especially Again, in this market with a lack of candidates, I probably have a few jobs uh, that a candidate could potentially fall into. And that one that that always kind of comes up short on um, on the culture and, and being a great place to work is, is not going to be the top of the list. So we can obviously see the importance of having a strong culture, the negative impact of not focusing on a culture. Um, but looking at this, it seems like a lot of work. Uh, how do you accomplish all of this, building a great culture, adding meaning, and get work done? I think it really comes down to communication and listening to what 
the employee is saying. For us uh, on the recruiting side, we have had a lot of uh, great advancements um, in the technology resources that we provide to our candidates. We have seen a huge impact on that constant communication. Um, you know, we are, are very regularly texting with the candidates to find out how they're doing, getting their feedback on any concerns and being able to address those concerns immediately before they grow into, you know, potentially bigger issues. Um, we, we gather that real-time feedback to make sure that this is going to be a good long-term fit for the candidate. It's not an out of sight, out of mind situation where I've made that placement, you know, moving on, you're still a part of my family, you know, for, for lack of a better word. And I am, um, invested in your success and I want to see you succeed in that role. I want the client to, um, reap the benefits of having a great employee um, and someone that can um, be valuable to them in, in the long term. That has proven to be a huge benefit. Um, employees want to be heard. They want to be appreciated. They want to know that their concerns are valid and that you know someone's willing to go to bat for them um, or just you know have that conversation. Even you know after employees are hired on with clients, we still continue that conversation with them. We want them to know how much we appreciate them. Um, that just because you know we're we're not um, you know it's it's no longer attempt to hire situation. Um, you know they're still a part of us, and um, and they're still um, someone that that we really appreciate and um, hope that, you know, their, their positive experience will come back to us in the form of, you know, their friends and referrals. And we do see that. And um, that's a huge uh, benefit for us. But um, more than anything, the, the trust that they impart in us by sharing their friends and their family with us um, means everything. That's amazing. So if I understand this correctly, you're using some technology to communicate with, with candidates that you place on assignment. So you're finding out how they like the job, maybe how they like their manager, the environment, the culture, the feedback, and you're gathering all that and identifying issues or things that need to improve in real time. Are you giving that feedback back to employers or your clients? We do have conversations with our clients, especially, you know, if, if we identify things that are, you know, potentially problematic. Um, but at the same time, we want to celebrate those successes with our clients as well. And everybody loves good news. And so to be able to share with a client, you know, I checked in with them. They've had a great first week. They are loving it there, you know, and, and getting that feedback from the client as well. Again, everybody just wants to be heard and oftentimes giving people the platform to share that information that maybe they otherwise wouldn't just come out and tell you and being able to, to relay that to the company, the supervisor, um, just keeps that, that conversation going and, and, you know, just that, that value add piece, but also the value and, and feel feeling valued from the employee's perspective is huge. Yeah, that certainly seems like an amazing value add and something that can really contribute to improving and sustaining an amazing culture in your organization. 
So I mentioned earlier that you both work with companies of all shapes and sizes. Some have amazing cultures, and I'm sure you run into a few that could use a a little improvement. Talk to us about the differences in recruiting for a company with a great culture versus one with maybe a a culture issue. Best way to say it is, is your reputation matters. And it's not just your online reputation. It's not just Google. It's just the candidates speak. I mean, if we just take a random sample, let's just call it customer service. There's a finite number of businesses within the area that are in customer service. And, and a lot of these people have friends at other customer service sites. And you'll you'll hear from candidates, oh, I don't want to work over there. Or they'll walk in and say, oh, I've heard this is a fabulous, I really want to work at XYZ location. The candidates come in and tell you because it's it's such a tight-knit community from where we're at. That when you're sitting down with somebody and and you're you're talking about the culture and you're talking about the people and then they go in and do the interview and they actually see that you are delivering on what you said, it becomes a really easy recruiting process because they see it with their own two eyes, they feel it and they sense it and it and becomes a very warm embrace. The companies with bad cultures, they feel it when they walk in with that, that transparency and, and sometimes employees will still take the job because they need it right then and there. Or they might take it because the pay rate is right where they need it to be. But it usually just doesn't last long. And more often than not, if they have another option, they will almost always choose the other option, all things being equal, because they know a bad culture when they see it. They sense it when they walk in. The interview process isn't right. They look around at the the facility that they're walking into. I hate to say they sense it because I know I've said it before, but it's just, it's inherent when you walk in. So between reputation and going through that interview process, most most candidates can sniff it out really quickly and they will self-select themselves out of that job because you'll call and say, we'd like to offer you a job to XYZ company. And they'll say, no. I would also add clients who tend to make the interview process more exhaustive than it needs to be is a huge turnoff to employees. And they kind of connect the dots of, okay, if this is how the interview process is going to be, and it's, you know, in some ways potentially micromanaged or exhaustive or involves personality and IQ assessments that have absolutely nothing to do with the job at hand, they, they get a sense that this is not the kind of place, you know, if, if this is, if this is all before I've started, what's going to happen after I start? Um, and so again, you see that self-select out. Um, so, you know, we definitely to the, our, the best of our abilities, you know, encourage our clients to not only streamline their interview process, but at the same time, candidates are interviewing for multiple jobs and you have to make a decision quickly. They're not going to wait around for you. And you, in some cases, need to sell them on why you're a great place for them to work because that's what your competitors are doing. And they've probably been getting other other pitches, other offers, and um, you can't assume that they'll just come to you. So many important points there. The culture really doesn't start on the first day of employment. It starts well before that. It starts Mm -hmm. in the onboarding process. It starts in your online reviews. It starts uh, in how you're interviewing. And then also keeping in mind that, yes, you're interviewing candidates, but in this market, the candidate's also interviewing you. Mm-hmm. So you need to have a really strong culture to win that candidate. 
To wrap things up, I have a final question for you. Pride Staff is one of the top employment staffing agencies in the country. As a collective, you have more online positive reviews than I've seen of any other staffing organization. You've won multiple awards. You're a Diamond Award winner and best of staffing. Why do you think you've built such a strong culture across the organization? What's led to that? I think it started to start with George Rogers. I mean, for those that knew him and, and, I can't assume too many people that listen to this podcast knew him. That was just who he was. And I I think he built this culture based on how he wanted the attitude of the firm to be. And I I think George's vision has really bared fruit for the rest of us as we followed suit and opened up um, our various franchises across the United States um, because he was a very caring individual. He listened a lot. He was transparent and he loved helping people. And I think top to bottom, when you look at the Pride Staff franchise, we really love helping people. And when you really, truly love doing it, I think the the awards follow, the reviews follow, the, the, the loyalty follows, because your core is we love to help people. That's just my sense. What do you think, Amanda? No, I mean, I think it, our mission statement is, you know, consistently provide client experiences focused on what they value most. And again, you know, we'll keep bringing up the word value and it's, you know, it's, it's the value that, you know, what, what do our clients value? What do our candidates value and really listening to those values and, and making sure that, that both the client and the candidates are heard. You know, it's it's not it's not about us. It's about the people that we're placing. It's the companies that we're working with and we are are focused on everybody moving in the same direction and and, you know, giving our candidates purpose um, for what they're doing in the workplace and um, providing a really great clients with people who want to help them move forward and um, fulfill not only their, their own purpose, but, but the company's mission as well. Matt said, when we, when we follow that and we follow our mission, the rest of it follows and and the reputation of what we do um, follows as well. And when you love what you do and and the impact that you're able to make on um, people's lives and their livelihood, um, it really, it really, really resonates. Amazing takeaways today. Thank you so much for your input. For those that are listening that are looking to bring people in that are the right skill fit and the right culture fit that are looking for some of those communication tools that Amanda mentioned earlier, that are looking for that feedback loop, that are looking for talent that is going to be engaged and help work through and be productive for your organization, reach out to a Pride Staff office. Visit pridestaff.com, connect with your local office, and they can make sure they find the right skill and culture fit for your organization. Matt and Amanda, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. Take care and thank you all for listening. Thank you for listening to Strategic Insights brought to you by Pride Staff. Whether you're looking for high-level workforce consulting or staffing help to meet demands, Pride Staff is here to help.